Country singer-songwriter Wade Jennings was born into one of country music's most iconic family names as he first emerged in 2012 as another naturally gifted singer from the Jennings tribe. Now, Wade instantly takes his fans back to a time of the sound of his grandfather Waylon Jennings and grandmother Jesse Coulter and gave birth to in the 1970s. Now, on Wade Jennings' 30P, Just Before Dawn, he shares more stories about his struggles with addiction, finding sobriety, and redemption through faith, family, and friends. Now, Wade Jennings has only scratched the surface of what is still yet to come. As they say, what goes around comes around. So, ladies and gentlemen, let's welcome the man who is redefining outlaw country on his own terms, country recording artist, Wade Jennings. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, man. How you doing? Man, I'm doing great. Now, I understand that uh, you grew up in a small town in Texas. I did. I grew up actually in two small towns in Texas. Uh, I grew up from my childhood up to my early teens uh, in uh, Grand Prairie, Texas. And then I moved out west where I lived in Whiteface, Texas, and I worked on a cotton farm for about 10 years. Wow. Now, I know that, of course, you know, you grew up in country music royalty. Uh, when did you want to follow the family footsteps into country music? Um, I didn't, actually. Um Whenever I was a kid, I did. I mean, it, it was really something that amazed me a lot. You know, I mean, I went out on stage with my grandfather at a young age. And then when I turned 13, I went out with him again, and I froze like a deer in headlights. So I decided that might not be my path. So I moved back out to West Texas, and I went to work on a cotton farm where I worked for about 10 years. And then my mother asked me to do something in music right before she passed because I would always sing with her, you know, and uh he said I was good enough to do it, and I needed to do it. So I threw myself at the wall to see if I'd stuck, and I'm still stuck today. So here we are. Well, how old were you uh, when you figured out that your grandfather was famous? Oh, uh, I played probably about 13, 14 years old, something like that. I knew he was something, you know what I mean, but I didn't realize exactly what that something was. I knew he was something in our small little community. I didn't realize he was a worldwide sensation until I was well into my teenage years. So you actually just started singing at uh, what age? You said 13, 14? Um, I started, I've been singing since I was a really young kid, since I was about five or six years old. You know, I, mean, I never did it professionally. You know, I played with a few bands here and there, sat in for a song or two, you know. But I just started my professional career until I was about 30 years old. And then I've been doing it for the last 12 years, so... Well, how did your grandfather Waylon and your grandmother uh, Jesse and then your uncle Shooter influence uh, who you are as a singer-songwriter? Well, I like to say they gave me a roadmap, you know. They told me uh, I got to pretty much tell what to do and what not to do, you know, because it's very easy to do the wrong thing in this business, you know. Um, I, I made the mistake of latching on to the wrong things for a lot of years, you know what I mean? Uh I looked at the music business like a way to escape a real job, you know, a way to be, you know, have a party for a living. And uh, I was completely wrong about that, you know, because if you look at it from the outside in, that's what it looks like. It looks like entertainers are just having fun for a living. And that's just really not the case. There's a lot you don't see going on with the entertainment business behind the scenes. It's really probably more work than any job I've ever had in my life. And like I said, I worked on a cotton farm for 10 years and that's a hard job. Uh, oh, so, oh. To think yeah, that absolutely. Music, yeah, to think the music business in the job is crazy. 
But that's exactly what I thought for a lot of years. And it took me until probably about four years ago when I got sober to really look at it like a really like a really serious job and to look at life a lot differently. You know, I've been, you know, got a lot closer to God and my family and uh, life has just been a lot better lately. Well, when did you realize the uh, the re- reality of the music business uh, and also having the, the last name Jennings? Well, um, that's kind of a hard question. Uh, the reality of the music business is still something I don't really know 100%, honestly. You know what I mean? The music business is a very secretive, a lot of different paths kind of a thing. You know, I mean, it's not one of them businesses like you get into plumbing and you got these tools to do this job. Um, it's it's more of a, it's an art form, you know what I mean? So you can really make this business anything you want to, you know what I mean? And I feel like being the grandson of Weather Jennings kind of made it harder for me in a lot of ways because uh, people expect this out of me, you know? And uh, when I veer away from that, People start looking at me funny, like I should be veering back towards that. And I understand where they're coming from, but a lot of people need to understand where I'm coming from too. You know, I mean, I've lived my life this far. I'm 43 years old. Very proud of my grandfather. I love what he's done for the for the music world. You know, I me, mean? but I'm really trying to do my own thing, and I got to follow my heart to do that. And in order to follow my heart, I got to do what feels right to me. You know, what I mean, and I don't feel right etching myself stuck in this area right here, I ought to be able to spread my wings and go out throughout the music business any way I feel fit. And that's exactly what I'm going to do. Well, I completely agree. Now, you released your third EP, Just Before the Dawn, which features self-written songs about your story of redemption. Uh, How has this record changed your life outlook and your music career overall? Well, it's kind of like a crossroads for me. You know what I mean? I don't want to veer too far away from country music. You know what I mean? I am very, very, very much a country music man. You know what I mean? And by by country music, I mean old school country music, like full band, no recordings, no nothing. I go out there with me and three other guys and we hook up to a sound system and we play raw. You know what I mean? I don't have any effects on my vocals. I mean, I got a little bit of, re- a tiny little bit of reverb so it doesn't sound flat. You know what I mean? But I ain't got no uh, no auto-tune, no uh, backing tracks, no nothing like that. We go out there and we go at it raw because that's what I feel like art is. Art is not something you can pre-record or pre, you know, you can, and it pre-packages it and makes it more sellable because, but if you can't do all that at one time, I got a problem with that. You know what I mean? My problem is I want to be able to go out there and be me 100% of the time, whether I mess up or I don't mess up, or if it's a perfect night or if it's a rough night, I want everybody to know that that's 100% me up there. They ain't got to question that. You know what I mean? I'm not singing the backing tracks. I'm not doing anything like that, you know? But I feel like my music career is headed towards a country slash gospel feel, you know what I mean? Because the where I'm at in my life, I 100% give that glory to God, you know what I mean? And uh, I don't want to go 100% gospel, you know what I mean? But I do have to give homage to to the reason why I am here today and the reason I'm doing what I'm doing today. And that's because the good Lord see fit to save my life. Because it wasn't me that made that decision, you know? I was perfectly content destroying my life, you know what I mean? But the way this world set itself up and made itself be for a little while with the pandemic and 
and then you know it just gave me time to reassess my life and figure out that i needed to be a father and a husband instead of a uh you know a run around partying all the time kind of guy you know well yeah well you made a you made a statement that that you and I'm going to quote you here out of 42 years on this earth I lived 38 of them in the darkness can you explain that's the truth um when I was young I was raised in a manner that uh wasn't really music oriented you know I mean I wasn't grow I wasn't raised in the nicest neighborhood um my mom worked at a beer store and we went to school we grew up on section eight welfare you know I mean it was just uh it was a bad thing. We were we were raised doing bad things. You know what I mean. I made bad decisions for most of my life. You know what I mean. I started doing drugs when I was about 13 years old, and uh, before that, I was you know drugs were all around me all the time. You know what I mean. And it was it was a, a lot of my own doing. You know what I mean. It was the people I decided to run with at a young age. You know, and uh, I was pretty much a drug addict for going for, for 27 years. You know, and. Uh, to the point where I didn't see no problem with it. You know what I mean? It was just like it was normal. And it wasn't until I woke up and got sober, and I still ain't got a perfect picture of it. You know what I mean? It's been four years now of sobriety, and uh, and the further I get away from the bad things I used to do, the more clear I'm seeing what I used to do and how much it is. It's making me feel better about who I am today, but it's making me hate the person I was before a lot more. And uh, it's a, it's a hard place to be, honestly. It's a. Well, you're, you know, I love the fact that you're being honest about the addictions to drugs, alcohol, the party and lifestyle. But when the, when the pandemic hit and everyone had to literally stop, especially recording artists, uh, did the lockdowns help you overcome your addictions? Well, yeah, it gave me time to go to a rehab. You know what I mean? I mean, I went to rehab as soon as the pandemic hit, I was in Florida. And uh, they canceled my last gig out there. And so I drove back to Pennsylvania and uh, where I had it out with my girlfriend at the time. And, you know, we wasn't in the best places in our lives. And thank God that we made it through that and we got sober together and we're married now. I've been married for three years and um, we have a beautiful daughter now. And uh, but yeah, it gave me time to go to rehab and the pandemic. I don't know if you know this or not, but when pandemic hit they started paying gig makers uh unemployment and i wasn't there to spend the money i was in rehab you know what i mean so when i got out i had this small portion of money just sitting there waiting on me and my my manager said well here's this money and here's this house for sale go buy it i was like i ain't spending all my money on a house and uh but she told me this is what i needed to do and then finally me and my wife talked and we were we agreed with her she gave me a place to stay while I was working on that house. I worked on that house for a year. Got it up into living conditions. We moved into that house. And it has been the biggest blessing in the world to me because the biggest thing about sobriety is people, places, and things. And uh, if I wouldn't have had that house or a place to stay to work on that house, I'd have been right back around the people, places, and things I started doing drugs with before. And... Uh, it was really the way I'm telling you, God did this. There was, there's no way around it. I mean, he hit the world with a pandemic, put me in a situation where I could go into rehab, allowed me to have a, a situation that when I got out of rehab, it would keep me away from going back to drugs. And it's just, 
there's no way nobody on earth can ever tell me there's not a God. I'm telling you this. Well, and, amen to that uh, way, because I've heard that there have been blessings that have come out of the pandemic and the lockdown because a lot of people, they just, in a way, they just needed to uh, have the brakes put on on their lifestyle. And a lot of people took that time like you did. And here you have a house that you were able to focus on. Uh, what influence did your manager, Tammy, have on you? She's the one who made it all happen. I'm telling you. <laughs> She's the one who begged me to go to rehab. She's the one who got me into the rehab. She's the one who, who filled out the paperwork to get me paid while I was in rehab. She's the one who got me the house to buy when I got out of rehab. And she's the one who is still standing there by me today trying to push me in the right direction. And that's the, that's, that's the influence Tammy had on me, all the influence. Well, you're telling you, Lord above worked right through that woman because it's, it's not something well, that just happened. Well, that, that's fantastic, Way. Now, your grandmother, Jessie Coulter, was a God-fearing woman. What kind of role model was she to you? Oh, she's huge, man. That woman right there is a patron saint, man. She's probably the best human being I've ever met in my life, honestly. I mean, she lived her life right, and you can see it, and, and you can still see it in her face. I mean, she's in her 70 years. She's in her 70s. She's still glowing like a 20-year-old, you know? She's a, she's a good representation of what a good woman should be, and I tried, I've tried to find that kind of woman and, and the woman I married, and exactly what I found, you know? The woman I married is... A Proverbs woman, Proverbs 31 woman, and uh, and I believe my grandmother is too. She's just a really great woman. And, uh, hey, hey, man, I've heard some incredible stories about your grandmother, but I want to talk about this brand new song, Just Before the Dawn, and the music video. It's very powerful. Was it life imitating art? Oh, yeah, it was great. I mean, um, I knew the song was powerful when we first did it. I mean, as soon as I finished recording it in the studio, I mean, I had to rewrite, rewrite a few things on it. And then uh, we finished recording it in the studio, and I was like, wow. I mean, every hair on my arm was standing straight up. That's how I knew it was perfect. I didn't go back and redub it. I just said, that's perfect. We're going to go with that. And then we went to record the video. But my idea for the video to begin with was to use pieces of the movie that it was going to be in. Because it's in the movie called American Outlaws. And... uh. I talked to my management about that and we decided that it'd probably be best if we recorded our own video for it. That way, if anything happened in post-production or anything like that, they couldn't yank my video. So we went to Nashville and a buddy of mine, Gio, uh, is just an amazing videographer. You know what I mean? And uh, he said, this is the image I'm having for it. And he gave me a lined out what he thought we should do with it. And I tweaked it a little bit. I said, maybe we should do this, this, and this. And he was like, well, I think you should get shot in it. And I was like, uh, okay, but are they going to pull my video because I got shot? So I don't think we should have the actual gunshot. I think we should have the uh, the gun and the wound, but not the actual gunshot. Because I don't know what the world would think about that. You know what I mean? So we went in there and we uh, rented this church to use. And it's a BB and CC Winans church. And, uh, in Nashville and we went in there and we we got there at the perfect time of day where the sun was coming through the windows we was able to shoot a day scene a dawn scene and a night scene in the church I mean we got to do it all there at one time because we were there at the perfect time and when the video was through I was like jaw on the floor shocked I mean 
I, I really, I really enjoyed the cast in it because it's all me. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, I agree with that. <laughs> but uh, no, we just had a fantastic time, man. I mean, all the special effects that Gio pulled out, the, the small little things that made it click right is just amazing. He's really a true artist. What he did. Well, it's a very powerful song, and I also love the act when the ending came. You actually, uh, y'all put up a lot of the organizations for people who do watch it that may be dealing with addictions or uh, maybe suicidal tendencies. You put all the information at the end of the video. I did. Um, here's the deal whenever you get sober, the first thing you want to do is you want to help people that didn't know what you didn't know, you know? But the thing about it is when you're in rehab, the first thing you want to do when you get out is you want to uh, save lives, you know what I mean? And the one thing you got to realize is when you're fresh out of rehab, you can't do that, you know what I mean? Because you're not healed yourself, you know what I mean? So uh, over time of being sober and being able to get back into playing in the bars and all that stuff and not wanting to take a drink or being around anybody's party or anything like that, over time, I've realized that I'm completely 100% comfortable being around anybody doing anything, and I have no urges. You know what I mean? So now I'm able to actually go back and help people. And not only do I want to do it on stage every night, I want to do it through my music, through my videos, and through any way I possibly can. You know what I mean? Facebook Lives, all of it. You know what I mean? I want to help people because I spent 27 years on drugs, you know what I mean, and alcohol. And... I didn't see anything wrong with what I was doing until I got sober. You know what I mean? I figured everybody did. As a matter of fact, I said it all the time. Everybody does drugs. You know what I mean? It's just, that's just not the truth. You know, everybody that does drugs does drugs. And the thing about it is, is that if you're doing drugs, you're ruining your life. You know what I mean? If you've got kids out there and people who love you. One thing I always say was I'm not hurting nobody but myself. And that would be true if I was living in a hole and I didn't have anybody to love me. You know what I mean? But the fact well, wait, is... Let me ask you this, because what is what have you found to be the difference between performing when you were dealing with the addictions and now performing being clean? Oh, it's 100% easier. It was harder at first, but now I have nothing to hide. You know what I mean? It's kind of like driving. I got nothing to hide there either. Biggest problem I have driving now is I'm just flying down the highway and getting pulled over all the time because I ain't got no reason to worry about getting pulled over. I got nothing on me. You know what I mean? So I just, I got to get that in, t in check. But um, yeah, performing, I don't wear shades on stage. I do wear shades on stage every once in a while still, just because they look cool. Used to, I'd wear shades on stage because I had my eyes closed while I was singing. You know what I mean? But now I'm engaging with the crowd, talking with the crowd before and after the show, during the show. And I'm just, I'm 100% there, okay? I'm not thinking about going and getting high or just gotten so high that I'm just not even putting on that great of a show, you know? I'm just, I'm 100% showman now, you know what I mean? I got nothing else on my mind than putting on a good show and changing lives. That's what I'm trying to do. Man, I love that way. I love that, and I love to hear these stories of redemption. And, uh, you know, I, I recently talked with the lead singer of Saving Abel, Jared Weeks, and he had he went through the same the same situation, you know, drinking, uh, you know, a fifth of whiskey almost on a daily basis, but uh, finally came to the realization that that's not gonna that's not gonna happen any any time. I mean, or he he came to the realization that hey, he's got to stop doing those things. 
And now yeah. as he performs, he says it's so much more fun uh, being clean and sober performing than it was being high. Yeah, it is way more fun. I mean, because you got to think about it. If you're going out there all messed up, you know what I mean, or been drinking or been drugging or anything like that, you're really just robbing people. You know what I mean? Because you're, you're not giving them the show that they deserve. You know what I mean? You're giving them a mess is what you're giving them. Because there's no way you're going to get intoxicated on anything, go out there and get up, give them 100% of your show. You know what I mean? A lot of people say, matter of fact, I was one of them. One of people said that I, I sound better when I'm drunk. I sound better when I'm high. And I look back at them videos and I was like, I sound better to me when I'm drunk, but I don't sound better when I'm drunk. I mean, that's just, that's just crazy. You know what I mean? I feel like I'm putting on a hundred percent better shows now and I feel like I'm doing right by everybody. Well, I figured people are going to come out and spend their hard earned money to see you put on a show. You need to give them what they paid for. You know what I mean? And for a lot of years, I didn't do that. And I owe a lot of people a lot of apologies for that. You know what I mean? But only thing I can do now is promise everybody 100%. They come out to one of my shows now, they're going to get 100% wage earnings 100% of the time, 100% sober. Because I am 100% sober. I even quit smoking. <laughs> well, wait, I'm really proud of you for uh, for over- overcoming those addictions because it just makes life so much better. And then when God's in control, uh, it just makes it that much better. I mean, it's a double blessing. But I want to ask you something because I understand that you are also performing in the Texas Heroes and Friends tribute to Randy Travis. That's going to be November 15th. Uh, uh, what are you looking forward to the most uh, with that event? Well, whenever I was young, my mama was a big Randy Travis fan. So in turn, I was a big Randy Travis fan. You know what I mean? And my favorite song he ever sang was I Thought He Walked on Water. You know what I mean? Because I looked up to my grandfather growing up. You know what I mean? To me, my grandfather was a giant of a man. I mean, he was that way to the world, but I didn't realize that. But to me, whenever I seen my grandfather, I seen a 50-foot cowboy, you know what I mean? Who was just the nicest man you ever met in your life. So whenever I heard the song, I thought he walked on water. It really hit me hard when I was a kid, you know what I mean? And I always really wanted to sing that song. So when they asked me to do this tribute, I said, yeah, can I do this song? And they said, yeah. So I'll be doing I Thought He Walked on Water out there on November 15th. And believe it or not, in my hometown, Grand Prairie, Texas. <laughs> what, what would you would you ever think about recording that song? Uh, yes, I would. Um, I'm looking into getting a license to do that now. And I'm thinking about putting on this next project. We'll see. First, they got to allow me to do it. But yeah, I would love to record that song. I can't wait to hear your voice doing that song. I mean, you have got, I mean, you have an arsenal of talent, Way. I mean, you've got the voice, you know, you've got the look. You, I mean, you've got the talent. I mean, my gosh, uh, the heritage alone uh, is just ingrained in your veins uh, from, from being, again, like I said before, the Jennings tribe. Uh, when you were younger, and I can imagine... You know, being in the presence, I mean, I, I wish I could even imagine to be in the presence of Waylon Jennings, but did you ever meet people like Johnny Cash and Chris Christopherson and Willie Nelson? Yeah, here and there in passing, you know what I mean? Uh, Chris Christopherson carried me around Texas Stadium on his shoulders once when I was a kid. Uh, I mean, I remember Johnny Cash walking out a door one time when I was a kid. I was so young, 
that there was nothing I could there was nothing uh I could really remember in long links. But yeah, I do remember meeting him here from time to time. I mean I've met Hank Jr. a few times. Uh last time I seen him was at my grandfather's funeral. But yeah, but you know, back then you don't look at them like they're these big stars, you know. I mean, they're just friends of your grandfather, you know. It ain't like I mean, like when I first first time I met Travis Tread, he was in some cut off shorts and a pink tank top. And I, <laughs> and it was like I mean, it was just a guy, you know. Yeah, that that's amazing. You know, and I look at all of those uh gentlemen. I mean, they are giants of country music. Uh really the definition of what real men are. And uh, and a lot of people don't understand, and you do, you would understand this point. Those men really had strong women behind them, and really strong women of faith. Yeah, they really did. Every one of them kind of got to. I mean, you got to have something that makes you want to change your ways. You know what I mean? And no, but you got to realize you get crazy enough out there. God's gonna send you an angel to uh, you know straighten you up pretty quick. It's only going to last so long. I mean, a lot of people aren't, aren't so fortunate and they end up, you know, in the ground. You know what I mean? But a lot of people are fortunate enough to find that good woman who changed their lives. And, uh, you know, they're able to live full lives, you know. And I'm hoping I'm one of them men. I mean, I've, I know I found the woman and I know I've been blessed by God. But I'm just hoping I don't have any long-term effects from what I've already done to my body, you know. Yeah, I understand. I've been in the gym every day working at it and working hard, and I'm thinking I got it pretty well licked. We'll see. Well, I'm really looking forward to uh, the you know brand new future songs from you with a little bit of that country gospel influence there. I think you're definitely the talent to bring that forth in a very very big way. Do you have any plans for a full uh, LP in 2024? Um, yes, I do. Uh, we're going to start recording it either late January or early February, and uh, we're going to get, actually, I might even start it earlier than that, but um, yes, there's going to be a full LP. You know, I put out an EP after EP on this next one. I'm going to do an LP. I'm probably going to do a few covers that mean a lot to me from when I was younger and uh, a few songs we've written too. And uh, I got a couple, you know, a couple gospel songs we're going to be working on. My whole deal is I want to eventually be able to do a full gospel project, but I got to be able to do it at the same time I'm doing another project as well. Cause I don't, I don't want to lose the country folks, you know, now I want to be a honky tonker until I die. You know what I mean? I, but I also am a strong man of faith who believes in God with all my heart. So I'm going to be sprinkling gospel songs throughout, throughout the year too, you know? And then eventually once we got enough of them out, we're going to put them all together on an LP and put it, the whole thing out then. But uh, I'm going to continue being the rocker I've always been, but I'm going to be uh, rocking the faith too. And that's what we're going to be doing. Man, I love that. I love it. And I really can't wait for uh, the new LP. And, you know, you you put out that strong country music LP and even do the one for gospel. You have got to come back on this show so we can talk about those new songs coming up. Uh, We will. And I'll make sure the sun ain't shining in my face next time. (laughs) (laughs) oh my goodness well you know ladies and gentlemen i I will tell you this if you're not a fan of way jennings now you're going to be a fan because you got to check out his brand new single just before the dawn it is powerful the music video is riveting but it helps those 
that may be going through, well, numerous types of addictions. It could be drugs. It could be alcohol. It could be the lifestyle. Uh, maybe yeah. you're dealing with mental demons, but you know, you, way you and I know one thing, Jesus is the answer. He is. It really is. I promise you that. I mean, if you watch my Facebook live, just, you'll know where I, where I stand on just about anything because I don't hold back. I have no filter and I just, I just spew out there what I'm feeling at the time. So, well, I, I tell you what, I think the Lord, the Lord doesn't want us to have a filter if we're filled with him because he told us to go out and be an example to others. And uh, even in your own way, you know, God's got a, God's got a very particular calling for you and there's nothing wrong about mixing country music and gospel and and a little bit of rock uh in the midst of all of that and uh man i'm i've become a big fan of yours well thank you brother i really appreciate it we ain't gonna let you down we're gonna put out a lot of good music coming up real soon i know that well ladies and gentlemen way jennings has the voice of country music royalty but he's his own man with his own songs and he's still an outlaw but with a saved soul. So to follow Wade Jennings, head over to wadejennings.com and become a fan. Like I always say on this show, you buy the music, don't download it for free, because, hey, it is artists like Wade Jennings and others that, well, make the world go around with the most incredible songs that you want to hear. So again, buy the music, go see him when he comes to your town, because real country music, well, it's safe and we still have that famous Jennings voice by the name of Way. So again, I want to thank you, Way, for sharing your life, your redemption, and your music with us today. Yeah, you're very welcome. You're very welcome. Thank you for having me on, man. Uh, you bet. Now, you got to come back when those LPs come out. I promise. Hey, I love that. And ladies and gentlemen, Way Jennings. Again, go to wayjennings.com for all his music, his tour dates, and so much more. And as for me, I want to thank you for watching and listening, and I'll see you next time.